Today we've got two sides of drummer-composer Tony Coleman, or TC as he's known. He was B.B. King's drummer for 35 years, and he's here in the Artichoke Music Cafe, six feet away, and masked. I did an interview with TC a few months ago for a, another podcast I was doing at the time, and it centered on music. When the Black Lives Matter protests spread worldwide, I knew we had to ask TC to come in and give us his views, something he has never hesitated to do. So the first part of this is TC on Black Lives Matter, and the second is on B.B. King and the music. Well, TC, we're back here again at Artichoke. We had been here before. We did another 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 conversation for a different podcast but um i wanted to have you back in here because of you know um the times we're living in yes which are not good nope no uh and uh i just i you know i wanted to i wanted to hear i wanted to hear it from you well uh where do you want to start well are you and let's let's put it let's, let's put it this way. Um, are you any, in any way encouraged by what's been going on? A little bit. Yeah. Um, right now, I look at it like this. Everyone's been been asleep in um, in their comfort areas, being asleep and. Um, you know, <laughs> so now they've been nudged to wake up. Uh-huh. Now I need to see what we're going to do once we got got the wake up call. So that's what's going to matter. All the being 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 awake instead of sleeping when we're all been saying this stuff. And now you're awake. Where do we go from here? That's that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Because I've been experiencing this as long as I've been black. Sure. And I've been black 64 years. So, <laughs> and uh, of course, my ancestors before me, since the birth of this nation, has been dealing with this. But we've, uh, we got control over it, we thought, by protesting and fighting and all the political things that you have to do to make change. And then uh, we sort of, we made some adjustments, but we swept, we started sweeping stuff under the rug. And now it can't be, there's no more rug to sweep it under, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's hard to, 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 to get your hand, to get your, to get your hand around get your mind around because you would have thought that people understood this already considering everything that 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 we've all gone through and especially and you've gone through and 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 people who have supported the 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 civil rights movement for instance have 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 done uh and uh but then it never stops well I mean, even with all, even with 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 all the all the, the demonstrations about about George Floyd, a week later, you know, Rashard Brooks gets shot in the back. Well, 
there was a show uh, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I think I watched it about three times. Something about ti- these people who get tigers. Oh yeah, uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about. It's I do. I, I didn't tigers. watch it. I didn't. I didn't watch it. But I know. I know what you're talking about. So let's say you get a pet tiger. Mm-hmm. Well, I well, sometimes when I'm on 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 the road and I and I'm and I'm touring, I'll surf the channels to see what I'm going to watch because I'm awake, wide awake, nothing to do, and I always end up on the the nature, like the animal planet or something, and I, I always watch animals and humans getting their ass bit by some animal that they thought they could just go up there and be a friend friendly with. Uh-huh. And they'll pick a tiger or something. Oh, he's so cute. Look at the little cute tiger. He's so nice. And then the tiger grow up. Right. And they let him go in the jungle. Then they come back 10 years later. I'm going to mm-hmm. go find Skipper. Oh, yeah. There's Skipper the tiger. And his Skipper is like, I'm a tiger now. You know, I'm not a little Skipper. And then they get eaten up and they go, what happened? Uh-huh. The tiger, he Skipper bit bit you yeah uh-huh. skipper's a tiger so racism is racism but a lot of people have been like oh well it doesn't really affect me so i really don't want to talk about that i'm fine uh, so if it doesn't affect you why would you be concerned about something that doesn't affect you you're not going to get in a tiger cage so you don't have to be prepared to deal with a tiger cage if you don't have to get in it but see we've been the tigers trying to be calm and be nice and you keep hitting us with a whip. Finally, one day that tiger gonna lash out at you and be like, "I'm I'm tired." Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if that makes sense. If that's a good analogy, I like to use analogies. But uh-huh. I mean, hell, all I'm saying is, just because you got a leash and stuff on a on something that's angry as a in natural its natural surroundings. Then you think you can control it by just giving it, you know, things that you know it likes. But then when you don't let it be, you don't be realistic. You'll end up getting bit. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. racism is like it's bad, and to keep putting a bandaid on something that's like a severe injury that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like cancer. You go to to get cancer, we got to do some heavy chemo to get rid of cancer. We can't just give you a shot and say it'll be all right. Well, do you get the sense that the the protesters finally understand that it's a white problem? No. That's a See, shame. Because this country likes to talk about how great it is all the time. You got a you got a guy running for that they put in the White House. He's talking. We're gonna make America great again we're the greatest country well if if you don't have any issues like ordinary people Uh like i excuse me like i said it doesn't affect you you just got money and you're fine you're good so i'm good i don't live like the rest of you ordinary people Mm -hmm. it's my world i got money i got everything i need i'm 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 in my little circle, you know, we got VIP. I mean, you know, we got our own little golf courses, you know, we, we let who we want on and we got our own little club. We don't want those commoners around us and other and others. So yeah, for you, it's great. 
but if you feel like it doesn't affect you, why should you care? I'm doing well. So basically that's the way it, it works in America. We always, when we're doing well, you, you, everybody loves everything that appears to be good. But when you're doing bad, everybody just kind of turned their back on you in America. That's the American way. It's, I mean, hell, the dollar bill says, in God we trust, so the dollar bill must be, must be God. Because this country here cares more about money than all that other nonsense. That's just to keep the down people down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody's trying to pick down people up to make them equal to them. Well, no. Uh-uh. If if I if everybody's up, then where does that put me? I like being up. I don't like <laughs> the only way I can be up if somebody else is down. Mm. That mm. kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. But then when the down people start getting organized and saying, We're tired of this. We're helping you stay up. We we do all your dirty work, we do all the dirty jobs, we mm-hmm. we you you give us a little piece with well, the you know, trickle down economic trickle down economics. Yeah. I'm the one that helped your ass become a billionaire, and you're going to give me a trickle-down economic, you know. Oh, the trickle is piss. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that one. Uh-huh. But it's very – people hate to admit being assholes and screwing up stuff because they don't – it doesn't bother them being that way. So when you accuse them of what they're doing, they, they get defensive. Uh-huh. I mean, every time somebody gets something done to them that's wrong, the person that did it will try to make an excuse. Well, um, he doesn't have an education, and he, he and I do. So it's his fault for being stupid, not mine. Right. It's easy to, to just pass the buck that way on uh-huh. stuff. Racism uh-huh. yeah. is that way. And, you know, white America is got white guilt because white people created racism. Right. It's not like, let's see. Hmm. Let's go buy some slaves from the Africans who use the hierarchy Africans. Uh-huh. Got the low end Africans. So right. Let's so you give the African a mirror and he can look in his face and go, oh, wow, look at there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like some, some uh-huh. things that he never was accustomed to. And he said, I want to get, can I have uh, some of your people? Yeah. Because I want to take them to my country and make them work for us. Right. Okay, if, in case nobody don't know what slavery is. <laughs> so you get slavery, you bring them over in ships, you bring the, uh, a group of human beings from a land they die, some of them they throw off the ship. A few escape in certain islands. Then they get to America and they sell them for slavery. Now, white people have slaves. So I wish I could have been white back in those days. It must have been great yeah. to be able to be white and say, hey, slave boy, come over here. Lick my shoes, that dirt off my shoe. Mm-hmm. That must be a cool feeling, I would imagine, for some people that want to be uh, superior over someone else, treat them like an animal, Mm -hmm. and knowing that they can do whatever they want and nobody gives a damn. And then 
when we get to America, to modern times, and we still got the white supremacy attitude, like we got to fight to be treated equal. And then we get here in 2020, and, and, and it's been happening every day since the birth of America, but we just give you a little bit of what you want, but still treat you the same way in a mm -hmm. different modern way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got the red zone, keep y'all broke and poor and hungry. Uh -huh. Institutionalized racism, systematic racism. Uh -huh. Okay, well, I gotta eat with them now. Well, okay, they say we gotta do it. I don't like eating with them. Oh, now that's gotta be my boss too. So then you have secret societies in America, Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists, who say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I hate those niggers, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're the secret society. So whatever position I can get in to step on one of them, I'm gonna do it. And these kind of people become politicians and get elected. And then you got police officers who are in these groups and believe in that and these are the white racist supremacists and then when the good white people who aren't a part of that hear it because uh -huh. they can't fathom that right. you must be crazy yeah. who would do such a thing uh -huh. I don't think that's really what's happening because it doesn't affect you. They're not pissed off at other white people who are mm -hmm. white. They're mm -hmm. pissed off at black people who they hate. How can that affect you? How can you, you don't see a white racist cop pulling over, two white racist cops driving and say, look at that nigga, I'm gonna pull him over. He's up to something. And the first time the black person is all defensive because we know, yeah. we know we gotta be different. We always got to be better. We always got to make everybody feel comfortable around us because mm -hmm. we're black. We're yeah. niggers. Right. So now two white officers pull over some black people. White people drive by. Oh, they officers pull those folks over, the nice ones. Then you show a film of them beating their ass and shit. They're going to make an excuse for it. Well, maybe they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Or, yeah. Maybe they were criminals, mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, being evasive and making excuses, you know. Mm -hmm. And we keep saying it over and over again, and people are, why don't they stop talking about racism? Mm -hmm. I'm not racist. Why yeah. do I have to hear this? Can't we just get along? This can't be that bad. They got a black president. You know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like what Malcolm says. So, okay, what do you call an educated black man with a beautiful family, really smart, intelligent, and he becomes the president of the United States? What do you call him? A nigger. That's mm. what you call him. Mm. That's what McConnell and all those people do, and they know they can't call mm -hmm. him a nigger, mm -hmm. but they're going to treat him like a nigger. Right. The way they feel like he should be treated, right. disrespected, because yeah. he's black. Yeah. Anything that man did as a black president, put on a suit, mm -hmm. look at him. Ain't that some bullshit? Look, he actually had on a tan suit in the White House. How dare him? <laughs> look at his wife. She has sleeveless 
blouse on. Can you go, what the fuck? <laughs> then they show a picture of Reagan with the same tan suit in the White House. Did you bitch about that? And then they do something they say to a black person when you call them out, which I always th think is really hilarious, funny as shit, say, he's playing the race card. Oh, okay. You mean there's some cards called race cards? Oh, okay. Mm. It's always keep changing the narrative. Mm -hmm. Keep changing it. Just keep changing it. Forget about the main problem. Am I talking too much? It's impossible for you to talk too much. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's really funny. I don't recall white people getting hung in trees and castrated and burned and thrown in rivers and beat the hell out of them and smashed their faces in and raping and doing all this stuff and white people having to say, we want to be treated equally. I don't remember that happening in America, do you? A little bit. When? Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney. Excuse me? Goodman, Schwerner, and Cheney. Oh. Mississippi, Mississippi summer. What the hell is that? Murders. You can't compare that to a whole race. I'm of, not a race of people. I'm not. Man. I'm not. I'm not. Yes, you are. When mm -mm. you say stuff mm -mm. like that, that mm -mm. sounds ridiculous. Mm -mm. You don't see a whole race of white people being having to fight to be white and right. I know. It's I'm, not I'm, the same. That's thing. not what I was saying. I don't agree. Well, you know. I mean, of uh, course, you got every race got assholes in it. But you ain't never had to fight to, to be free to go in a restaurant and sit here like we are right now and disagree and talk. Nope. A show white ass would have got hung. Mm-hmm. B.B. King, the king of the blues worldwide, mm -hmm. grew up, had to get, get off the sidewalk when he saw a white man growing up in Mississippi because if he didn't, if he looked him in the face like I'm doing you right now, he'd get his ass hung and killed. Right. I know that. Yeah, Okay. That's kind of what I'm saying, you know. They take George Floyd, and, it, and this, this shit been going on forever, but you take George Floyd, they go, he was a thug. He was, uh, he was put in jail for cocaine. Mm -hmm. He robbed a pregnant lady one time. He was not a very nice human being. He was a piece of shit, so he deserved getting his ass killed on television, on video. How ridiculous is that? That's ridiculous. He was a cocaine. He's a thug. The asshole in office right now is a thug. Plus, he's probably on more drugs than George ever was. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. I never seen him, but he, he, he seemed like he's on something <laughs> crazy. But there is no solution to this without white people. Hmm? There's no solution to this without white people. No, it's white pe people's created it. That's black what I people, said. Yeah, you're absolutely, that part, you're absolutely 200% right. right. I know that. <laughs> I understand that. Um, and uh, uh, I'm baffled at, at this point. I don't know what to do. I'm so happy that these people are in the streets. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very, very, I wish I could be there, but I, I'm not able to. You um, don't have to be. Well, I always, there, ha- I always have been. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you don't have to now. We got the younger, younger people yeah. that can do it for yeah. you. Yeah. They can represent you, But all the goodwill people. We got younger people to do the hard work. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's got to be, if there's ever going to be any, well, here's the other difference also, is that at this point, there are vast, vastly more black elected officials than there ever were. If you look at the mayor of Atlanta. I it didn't. Care. I know. I know. It didn't, it it didn't, didn't, it didn't stop. It that didn't don't st- mean nothing to me. Well. That means absolutely nothing to me. I don't give a rat's ass if it was 59,000 officials in this racist America. Well, then what do we do? What do we do is we stop it. That's what do we do. How do we stop it? How do we stop it? We stop stop. First of all, you get all these racist enablers out of office, out of high positions. You see, the First Amendment thing is a trick. That's a trick. Well, you have the right to say what you want to say. Yeah, you do have the right to say what you want to say, but you don't have the right to say it to people who don't want to hear something that's negative that's going to harm them and hurt them. Right. You don't have that right to preach stuff that's about hurting another human being. In this country, we got to say that's against our morals and our standards. Mm-hmm. And since everybody likes to down to America, da da, a pledge of allegiance. Well, God dang it, stop hypocriting, being hypocrites and bullshitting around with that. Mm-hmm. You know the difference between chicken shit and chicken salad? <laughs> That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Black man get on his knee and doing a dignified protest, and you ready to hate him yes. and ready to kill him and take his job from him and right. say he's a look at that nigga, that nigga, he's a get. The nerve of him, my flag, my grandpappy. Did. Well, his grandpappy fought in the same war right. and came back here and couldn't even be in the room with you. Right. right. That's a bunch of bullshit. Sure is. Stop being hypocrites mm-hmm. and, and stop using white privilege to make you feel comfortable. This isn't your country. This is our, this is my country too. I ain't from Africa. I ain't going no damn where. I was born in America. I'm mm-hmm. black and I, I'm proud and this is my country and you can kiss my ass if you don't like it. I'm, I'm American just like you. You can't wrap yourself in the flag harder than Tony Coleman can. This is my country, but we just got some assholes in the country that keep it hateful and evil and mean. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. We don't allow Nazis to walk around here with Nazi flags in America. We don't allow Confederate flags to be waved in people's faces because it all represents hate, yep. murder, yep. everything that's bad about being a human being. Everything that's bad. And you want to be proud of that? Mm. And then go, well, that's our history. Your history sucks. You're yes. an asshole. Right. right. So let me see. History. If I recall, there was a black slave... It was a black slave who decided, I ain't taking these ass beatings no more. His name was Nat Turner. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Nat Turner said, mm-hmm. you know what? I ain't taking these ass whoopings from these white people treating me like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill every white munga munga I see. Mm-hmm. For how long? 15 miles, he killed every white person he could. Mm-hmm. That's history, right? Yep. Do I see any statues of Nat Turner? No. And you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because he murdered, he killed people. Yes. He, his heart was tired, but he still, he was a murderer. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see a statue of Nat Turner down the Capitol building. White folks who think you want to have a Confederate statue for a rapist and murdering racist son of a bitch. So get over that. Put that in the history trash bin over there. If you want to see the trash shit that America did, there's a library over there with all the hateful ideologies over there. Put it over there. I don't need to be mm -hmm. proud of that. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's my flag. Well, why don't you go get a ferry of all of you folks, go find an island, and y'all can have <laughs> your own country. This is everybody's, this is America. Right. That's what they say. Yeah. And you brought our ass over here. Now, don't, don't use us to be slaves. That ain't happening. We're human beings. So there's white supremacy sucks. And anybody that's a white supremacist, you suck. And anybody that's a racist enabler, you suck worse. And anybody that's quiet, you really suck. Yes. Especially, yeah, when they, when they know what's right and wrong. They know the difference between right and wrong. If a black man walked up to me and said, hey, Tony, you know what? I can't stand them cracker-ass cracker people. Uh-huh. You know what I tell him, man? Get the hell out of my face. Mm -hmm. You don't tell me who to like and who to love or nothing. I'm free to do what I, I'm mm -hmm. free. Free me and I, mm -hmm. I respect everybody. I respect everybody. I give respect. Respect is the thing. It ain't about love, it's about respect. Mm -hmm. It ain't about love. Love is overused. That word is overused and misinterpreted. It's about respect. See, I don't have to love you to respect you. Right. I, I don't, even, don't even have to like you. Yeah, I'm going to give you respect, <laughs> right, man. Right. We're different people. We like different stuff, but I'll give you your respect. Right. It's when you disrespect me, you're mm -hmm. going to have a problem with TC. That's, that's right. That's where the problem coming from. Mm -hmm. Hey, TC, I love you, but I think you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, excuse me? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No. I think you're a piece of shit, but I respect you. That's different. Because I respect you, and you go over there, and I go over here, and I don't bother you, and you don't bother me. I respect you. That's easy. It's not difficult. Everybody goes, what do, what do we do? It's so difficult. There's always going to be racism. No, it is not. Make laws to say America is the standard. It's the, it's, it's the one country in the world that America has Every country in America, mm -hmm. people from all over the world in America, it's a melting pot country because it's equal, it's free, it's honest, it's got dignity. We're the only country that you can say, hey, man, everybody's respected and treated good, and we want everybody to be healthy and good. What a concept. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <sighs> but we thought... Things had changed when Obama was elected. I didn't. Who thought that? I did. <laughs> you were asleep. I wasn't asleep. Yeah, you were. No, I was not asleep. <laughs> Why do you think that? I cried real tears when he was elected. So what does that have to do with the reality of what's going on with racism in America? Well, because it could have been an indication that things were changing. That don't change nothing. Well, then, didn't change then, then what's going to change? What's going to change it? I just said, we've got to teach peace, pride, respect for each other as human beings, well, period. He, well, that's what, that's what he represented. Not, well, he might have represented, but he didn't represent it loud enough for Tony Coleman. I didn't, I didn't think he was the best president. I thought he was a cool dude. He could dance good. <laughs> he liked hip-hop. 
yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> but speak the hell up, dude. Now that you see it, this thing has been going on before Obama. I didn't care about all that stuff because he was the first black guy. That didn't mean nothing to me, man. It's a lot of firsts in black people. Black people invented things, the first this and that. It don't change how we get treated. What does that matter? Well, you got a black president. I don't give a damn about Obama's skin color. I, all I care about is what he's going to do to make the world better and stand up for what's wrong uh, against us as black people. That's all I care about, man. I don't care. There's a lot of black people who are ridiculous. I'm not going to call their names. They, they sit there and make excuses for things. Like I hear some black lady, a young lady, she must be on drugs or something. She's like, and I even heard Morgan Freeman get on some TV show. The guy said, Morgan Freeman, you think racism? Oh, he said, yeah. If it's no race, if it was racism, I wouldn't be able to be able to sit here and talk to you. Morgan Freeman, you're out of your friggin' mind. Be serious. Yes, no racism when you got a hundred million dollars. It's easy not to be feeling like you're a racist because people in America love money more than they hate racism. They love money more than they hate racism. Well, so if you got a what? Yeah. Yeah. You want to hurt you want to hurt racists? Take that money from them. <laughs> they're still going to they're still going to be haters though. They can hate, but we you but I don't care. I'm not going to change people from hating. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is your hate is not allowed here in this country. Mm-hmm. You can hate all you want to, but go hate somewhere else. Don't hate over here. That shit got to stop. You want to be a hater? Well, hate your ass somewhere else. Hmm. Your hate is is destroying the country. Your hate is evil. Evil, you're not allowed to be evil here. Go be evil somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But you do have to admit that there are lots of, of black elected officials who are I trying to change things. Damn about that, now, come man. on, take Joanne Hardesty, for instance. I don't know who is she. She is the first female black uh, city councilor ever elected in Portland, Oregon. I don't agree with all politicians, man, black or white. Well, who, they're, they're the ones who, who, who have the power. Yeah, well, that's why I vote their ass out. If I don't like them, go vote. <laughs> politician is a politician. Either you're a good politician or you're a bad politician. I don't care if you're the first black one or the first little midget from the Wizard of Oz. Don't make no difference. Well, the Mushkin, this is the first Mushkin politician. What is the Mushkin doing? He don't come from Mushkin land and all of a sudden the other Mushkins say, you know, the Tin Man been just coming in our Mushkin land tearing shit up. Can you say something about that? Well, I'm over here. I'm trying to do the best I can to the other Mushkins. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's ridiculous. Just because you're the first of certain type of person to do something, that don't mean... Yeah, but it's not fair to criticize her if you don't know her. I ain't criticize her. I don't know the lady. I'm saying who people like her, politicians. I don't know, I don't know her. I don't know anything well, about then her. How can, I'm not how criticizing can, how can anything that lady. Change? See, don't say that. I did, did I criticize her? Well, you seem to think, say... Seem to, see? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you're... you're being, I don't know who she is. I don't, I'm not criticizing her. I said I don't care if you're black or white. If you're a politician, it don't, it don't excite me. That doesn't excite me. 
You see this hat I'm wearing? It's called the Negro League. Uh-huh. You know about the Negro League, right? Of course I do. Okay, a lot of people don't. You do. Yeah. My uncle Willard Brown was on the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh-huh. Broke records all over the world. All of those players were some badass players, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then uh- we got one and put him on, mixed him with white people. And he had to go through all that stuff. He didn't go on there just being recognized as a great player. He had to be recognized as the first black player. See, to me, it's like, okay, so he's the first black player. But is he good? That's all I care about. Uh-huh. I'm hooping and hollering, hooray, hooray for the black first president. That ain't, that ain't, I knew he was going to be the first black president because he happened to be black. Not because he was the greatest president. That's me, though. If you think that's a big deal and people think that's a big deal, that's you. That's why we call it America, right? Mm-hmm. It don't mean shit to me because I'm great, period. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. I'm greater than a lot of white. I'm greater than a lot of white blues musicians. They're rich. I'm not. Eric Clapton. Everybody know my feelings about Eric Clapton. Yes. Eric Clapton played blues, right? Mm-hmm. He don't play blues no better than Tony Coleman and, and all of us. Mm-hmm. But he's rich. Yes. Okay. He got a he when he travels, he's he makes millions of dollars. Emulating my culture. And I'm supposed to be like, wow, Eric Clapton's a great blues man. No, he's not. Not to me. Yeah. You think the blues world don't have racism and the music industry don't have racism? Of course it does. Of course, because the people in charge of the musicians, we get along, but the people in charge of the music, those are where the racists and the nutcases are. You know what's really weird, though? Crooks, absolute crooks. Yes. The guys who ran the record labels in the 50s and, 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 and early 60s. Thank you. Crooks and racists. If it hadn't been for them, we would never have heard that music. If they hadn't got, if they hadn't, um, uh, uh, if they hadn't been, if they hadn't been paying off radio stations, we would have missed great music. That's a that's something that's really weird. You can you that's something you can't really you can't really uh, uh, it's hard to deal with when you know that there's great art that's being presented by a crook. You know, who's, who's, who's part of the mob, which was the music industry back then. I, I, mean, don't, even know, I don't even know what to say to that, that statement. Right but it's there. true. It's true. Yeah, it's true, but I don't even know what to say about it. I know. Because, um, let me just say this. If Crook can make me famous musically, <laughs> he's my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. can make me be as rich as Eric Clapton is. Crook on the, the head of um, the head of Old Town Records. Remember that label, Old Town? I do not. Great, it's from, it was from New York. Great, great label. Just the most amazing people on it, right? Big hits, and the guy who ran it was was uh, known for the fifty dollar handshake. <laughs> I don't, I don't get. It. Well, he he'd go into a, to a radio station and walk around with meet all the sure. DJs well, and you know, yeah, have a fifty dollar bill in his hand. Still got pale of the day, you know. Big thing. That's but you know, I mean, the thing, the, 
but it's, what? But we're talking about also we're talking about great art at the same time, who which would never have gotten out there if it wouldn't have been for criminals. It's really weird. You know, it, it made me rethink everything that I that I liked when I was growing up. Right. You know, uh, I mean, I have to accept it because that's it's the reality. But um, and, you know, uh, I'm sure they were racist. This whole country was based on racists. It's ran by racists. And money, as you say. And money. That's yeah. first. Yeah. But, you know, some people, like I said, love money more than they hate racism. Well, guess what? I like you. I like you, too. Isn't that good? <laughs> I don't agree with everything you say. Well. And you don't agree with everything I say, but I still respect you. Well, right. Yeah. And so we're, my, sitting, so, we're sitting here yeah. drinking coffee. <laughs> but, while, but what I'm saying is respect, man. Sure. And equality. Get these racist cops off of the damn force. Get these racists out of America. You're not American, by the way. You're un-American. Right. Right. Everything about you sucks. I, I, I don't get it. Why do you think you can wrap yourself around the flag, under the American flag? It does not. You can't have both worlds. You can't have that Confederate shit and the American flag and be talking about those are my American rights. No, it doesn't apply to you. You're un-American. You don't count. Right. You are done. You're over. It's over for you. Stop teaching your little babies to be hateful. Stop teaching. You had to learn to hate. Somebody learned you wrong. I had to learn to unhate. Let me finish. I'm talking to the racists right All now. All right. Well, you're talking All about All the racists. I know family. you're listening. Listen, <laughs> racists. I want to tell you racist scumbag something. You're the losers. You're not going to win anything. Your ideology is not going to work. It never has. Hitler didn't work. I don't see statues of Hitler around here. <laughs> All of that Confederate bullshit is over. It's dead. Get a new life. Come on our side, decent people, humanity. We'll help you stop being so friggin' stupid. You got mad at Hillary Clinton when she called racist people. She was talking about racist people. She wasn't talking about good people. She said those deplorables, y'all are the, the, the deplorables that she was talking about. You're, you're old, it's over. It ain't gonna work. You're trying to start a race war, it ain't gonna work. It'll never work. This is America, America is bigger than you. Now, what did you say? And with that, <laughs> I suggest we go to part two. Let's do it. And what, what happened was I, we were talking about on the one and what does on the one mean? And, 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 I, and I, I reached, I hadn't, I hadn't even turned the, 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 the recorder on, but I reached over and turned the recorder on and we heard this. That natural rhythm, that natural feel. The one is something you don't think about. You feel it. It's soulful. See, musicians who are thinking when they're playing, they, they can't play because they're too busy thinking. You can't play with feeling if you got to think about it. I do that thing again. One. 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 Everything is on the one. One starts on the one. That beat. Oh, all right. Three, four. See, even in the, back in the slavery days in, in America, uh, or when the, well, not even the slavery days, but Everything is about rhythm, the rhythm, and making it stay consistent. 
Yeah. So if you're on a railroad track, let's just use the railroad, the guys building the railroad track. You see those black guys, they sing, hey, they move that track on the one. That's the one. See, rhythmically. Yeah. It's like marching. Left, right, you're left, right, you're left, right. If somebody's out of step, you're kicking somebody's heels. You, Hey, straighten this up, man. <laughs> Let's get the rhythm tight. It's got to be right and tight. So that's the one. The traffic out here is on the one. If you're not paying attention to the red, the yellow, and the and the green, you're gonna have some wrecks. And don't mess with Mister In Between. That's right. Hello. That, I like that. Stay on the one. Stay in the pocket. Stay in the rhythm. All right. That's what. That's what I know the one to be. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Now we got that straightened out. <laughs> um, I, I know that you got a lot to talk about, and there's lots to talk. There's lots to talk about, especially the stuff you got coming up. Yeah. But, um, but I know a, a lot of people want to know about BB King. They just, yeah. You know, I don't know that 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 I'm not sure if people got, ever got a real sense. Of, of the man, B.B. King. You no, know what I'm they, saying? They, they, not like they should have. What, what, what are they missing? What they're missing about B.B. King, B.B. King, B.B. King's humanity. Uh-huh. His humanity. He wasn't flawless. He wasn't perfect. But he was a giver. Uh-huh. He liked to make people happy. Yeah. And he was very, very insecure. He was an insecure person. Really? Really, yeah, really. He was a very insecure wow. person. He never thought he was doing good enough. He always <laughs> wanted to do better and be better. And he was a very humble man. Uh-huh. Uh, he loved to give and he loved people. He's the only person I know that would, after a concert, he would give a concert for two hours. He'd meet the audience after the concert for four hours. Huh. Everybody that was in line that wanted to come see him and say uh-huh. hello, uh-huh. you could not only come and say hello, you walk on his tour bus through his bus to the back, and he'd sit there and meet you, and you walk off. Uh-huh. Nobody allowed people to come on their tour bus. Your tour bus is like your personal house. Yeah. He yeah. had lines of people coming in the bus. Huh. And I was like one of the guys saying, Man, that's stupid, man. Why are you letting these people on that damn bus? You don't know who's going to come on the bus. Somebody might come on there with a pistol. Yeah. You might get a crazy person. Mike, I hate BB King. Ah, the guy told me to stab him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, but he didn't think like that. He thought, yeah. those are my fans. I'd like to get to know him. He was a very uh, giving, loving spirit uh-huh. guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I guess that's probably why there was so much love directed toward him. Yeah, but he uh, got taken advantage of, like most artists. Oh, yeah, he got his yeah. money stolen from him from managers. Yeah, yeah. He was he was uh, trusting of people, and he was afraid of white people. He Is was right? afraid of white people because of the way he grew up oh. in Mississippi, seeing black people get hung, castrated, set on fire, yeah. beat up. Yeah. You know, you, you when he was growing up, you walking on the sidewalk with a white man coming your way, you get off the sidewalk, uh-huh. and you never look in a white man's face. He grew up doing that, huh. so it was instilled on him in him to be afraid of white people. So he was raised that way, and he lived through that, the civil rights stuff. Yeah, 
And then he had a young black man in his band who was totally the opposite of that, was more closer to like a Malcolm X. Was that me. you? You. <laughs> White man hit, bump me. I'm going to kick his ass. We're going to fight. I don't care. Threaten to hang me. Well, you need to hang my black ass because I'm I'm going to fight you. Well, how did uh, so So uh, did, did he know that? Yeah, he knew it, but he was always trying to make me be a little more calmer huh? and be more like him. And because he was afraid from what he knew, look, you need to be careful, son. Yeah. yeah. You don't be doing that, son. Tony Cole, man, don't argue with that white man, son. You know, those white people will kick your ass now. Well, they just have to kick my ass because I ain't doing it. <laughs> but we that's what we used to fight about all the time. Yeah? About the racial... Uh-huh. See, as when you when you're born black in America, you immediately got that defensive mechanism because of our history. Uh-huh. I don't care who you are; you can go to university, become a a, a professor, or a surgeon, uh-huh. uh, whatever, be successful in anything. You can become an astronaut. You're always going to have that stigma of I'm black, uh-huh. and you know you you were going to always feel insecure because you feel like because of my race, I got to do three, I got to be three times better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's something that was instilled in our culture. But then again, not everybody understands that. And yeah. when you hear, I, I noticed lately since Trump's been president, all this racial crap is coming back. Oh yeah. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. I went through that. Yeah. I'm 64 years old, man. I grew up down in Florida, you know, with that uh-huh. racial stuff. Uh-huh. Hey, nigger. I have to run from four white kids, high school kids in the community that are going to kick my ass. Uh-huh. I'm running like a little puppy dog from uh-huh. these vicious, mean white dudes getting yeah. ready to yeah. kill my ass. I don't know. And, you know, when you experience that kind of stuff, man, you never forget it. I just want to be equal Mm-hmm. I don't like black people that hate white people. Yeah. Even though some black people have the uh, the right to feel that way because right. of the way we were dealt with. Yeah. So, did, but I don't like racism. We need to stop that. And BB uh-huh. King was one of the guys who was like, "Well, son, we just have to let things happen." No, no, no. We got to make things happen, boss. Yeah. Did he ever come out the other side of that, or was he? Was no, he, he no. never got over that. Of yeah. course not. Yeah. Because that was his spirit. That was, that's who he was. That's how he yeah. was raised. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, most most black people from Mississippi knew, man, don't, don't say nothing. To me. Come on, you know the history. We don't like to talk about it right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. But we need to to remind people how things Well, these work. days, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because these young people today don't have a clue. <clears throat> right, right. They think they do, but they don't, uh-huh. you know. But, uh, Your phone's on the one. It was on the one because <laughs> I got it on the one, baby. <laughs> no, man, B.B. King taught me a lot. Uh-huh. And I've always been wanting to be accepted by people just like he was. But if you didn't accept him, he wanted to try harder to make you be able to feel like he could make you accept him mm. and, and uh, let, let you know that he's not a threat. Yeah. But when you had a young rebel like me, I don't give a shit, <laughs> even though I do. Yeah. But I'm still going to be like, yeah. well, fuck it. <laughs> you know? 
Now I read that when you were when you were young, you didn't even like the blues. Hell no. <laughs> when I was growing up, I hear the blues every week, every day. I hear it on the radio. Uh-huh. I hear it growing up with the blues, and I'm and and, and I kept hearing the blues was like the old field blues, you know. And yeah. My woman don't love me. I want her to come back home. You know, and you hear all that kind of stuff, you know, and I'm like, man, I hate this music. It just gets on my damn nerves, you know? Because of the servitude? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it always seemed to be when you see blues, it's some old black guy with his teeth knocked out or rotten out or eyes bloodshot, uh-huh. you know, looking all dirty on the porch, uh, on the porch, uh, worked all day, got the guitar and picking and yes, sir, bossing and all of that uh-huh. stuff. And a young black kid like me, I'm like, man, I hate that kind of thing because yeah. I was growing up with, say it loud, ding, ding, ding. I'm black and I'm proud, ding, ding, ding. James Brown, you know, I'm a soul man, you know, those cats that were trying to be really cool and hip. Which one of his drummers was your favorite? All of them. All right. All of them. There is no such thing as a favorite in the James Brown's drummer. Okay. <laughs> it's like one one might be like it's just a different flavor. Yeah. But it's still yeah, yeah. it's soulful. And he had, when he had like, two when like, he had two like, two of them playing. He's always he's never yeah. had one drummer in his band. Yeah, yeah. He's always had two or three drummers, always. Uh, uh. He never had a band with one drummer. Never. Uh, uh. Never. He actually had a band with five drummers one time. Five? Yeah. Drum kits? Five, Five drum, drum kits? kits? Whoa. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> because, as you know, James Brown's whole thing was the one. Yes. <laughs> if you watch the movie, it's one thing they got right in the movie when, they, when he asked the question, when supposedly the Maceo guy says, that's wrong, Mr. Mr. Brown. That's not how you do that. He said, what are you talking about? It's like, it just, it just doesn't make sense. It don't sound right. It's this, that, and the other. He said... What's that in his hand? He said, that's a trumpet. Uh-uh. What is it? A drum. Thank you. What's that right there? That's a guitar. <laughs> no, it's a drum. <laughs> Thank you. See, he was basing his stuff on rhythm. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't yeah. really be melodic and tell what chord changes, but he would do grunts. Uh, give me an uh, yeah, mm, ah, mm, hey, mm, yeah, right there. <laughs> and they go, what the hell is he talking about? And they play, uh, you know, and that's how James Brown was. But um, well, how, how did how did BB conduct your your his band? BB wanted to be a jazz guy, really. BB wanted to be like Count Basie and Duke Ellington, because once again, BB wanted to be elegant. He wanted to be uh-huh. dressing really elegant and classy. Yeah, he wanted to be an upstanding human being. Well, he was and, clean. There's no qu- question about that. Absolutely. So yeah. you know, he didn't want to be you know everybody wearing whatever the hell they want he wanted bb always said when you're on stage you're supposed to look like you're going to the bank to borrow money oh yes sir is that right bb didn't like straw blues man with the straw hanging out his mouth old hat turned down (laughs) he didn't like that he wanted to be classy yeah you know like duke ellington and cab Calloway Uh and those Uh kind of people because see black people from down south were looked down upon on black people up north right because i'm old country bumpkins you know yeah it was like Black, blacks hating on blacks kind of thing. Uh-huh. You know, ignorant, can't speak with 
proper diction and this kind of thing. But uh-huh. so BB's whole thing was always be classy, be real dignified, and be a gentleman. You know. And how did that hit you? Uh, well, I'm a classy guy and all of that, but all I right. just didn't like that ass kissing part. All right. <laughs> I can't do that. My spirit won't allow me to do that. <laughs> so when, you know, a white guy would come up to BB, somebody young, like they did my grandmother, a little kid come up to my grandmother, we were always taught to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, mm-hmm. good evening, good afternoon, good mm-hmm. morning. You know, white kid be, Cleo, go over there and get my, my box of clothes or something. My grandmother be like, all right. <laughs> and then I'm like, you, you taught me not to do that, but this yeah. little white kid can do that? Yeah. To my grandmother, I'm supposed to sit there and smile and go, oh, little Tommy, you tell my grandmother Cleo. I'd be like, hey, boy, you do that again, I'm smack you upside the head. And my grandmother would be like, boy, you crazy? I got to make this money? And you talking about beating up my employer's son's ass? <laughs> So when but when 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 BB was was leading the band when he was when you mm-hmm. were in, in rehearsal yes you had, let let me answer that question BB was a taskmaster just like any other great musician he uh-huh. wanted his music to be swinging orchestrated type situation with a lot of jazzy bluesy jazz uh-huh. he 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 wasn't a funky guy he was more jazzy blues uh-huh. even in his guitar playing his style. Like he liked Django Reinhardt. And, really? Yeah, that's you know that's kind of stuff. BB huh. wanted to play. He liked it to swing. Uh-huh. And B, if you listen to the early BB, you can hear him doing all that, uh-huh. like Duke Ellington, and even when he did. Uh, Every day I have the blues. Uh-huh. He did it one time with the uh, Basie Orchestra. It's swinging. Every day, every day I have the blues. No, you know, it's the old jazz yeah. swinging kind of blues. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't funky. BB was not funky. Uh-huh. Wasn't no funk in BB, but huh. he was a blues, blues man. Yeah, yeah. He was more melodic blues, uh, more. Not so much like Freddie King. Freddie uh-huh. King is like a George Foreman of the blues. <laughs> Big old Texan, his blues would knock your ass out. Yes. <laughs> Whereas BB would go, Oh, I lost my bell. BB had a high range. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He could go up there and come down. He said, Oh, I lost my baby. Freddie King would be like, I lost my baby. <laughs> Bang. You know. You know what I'm saying? It's a different flavor, man. Yeah. Then you get out. Now, Albert King, Albert uh-huh. King was funky blues. Yes. He was a funky man. Yeah, I saw him call musicians out from the stage. Uh, Albert King took his pistol out and knocked his Trump, uh, Barry Sachs player upside the head. Is that right? I saw that happen. Jeez. I saw him knock his Barry Sachs player out on the wow. side of the stage. Oh, my God. Oh, he was, Albert King didn't play. No. No, sir. <laughs> Albert King was... Uh, he kept that silver nickel-plated pistol with that white pearl handle in his pocket. <laughs> on stage and off. Oh, man. And he was a bounty hunter. Is that right? Yeah, you didn't know that, did I you? I did not know and that. And he started out playing drums. Did you know that? No, I didn't Abba know that. King was a drummer. Did you start out playing drums? That's all I play. I, really? I play all the other instruments with my mouth. <laughs> I can hum them and sing parts. Uh-huh. I don't read music. Really? Really. Wow. 
I'm an unintelligent musician. <laughs> I'm not oh, a, stop it. I'm not a school guy. <laughs> um, so did would, would, would B.B. tell you what to play or how oh, to play or, or BB, what, what he BB, wanted? B.B. was, he couldn't tell. He, he, he knew what he wanted. Yeah. But he, he, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, explain it sometimes. And, I, and uh, he, he, he knew what he wanted, but he didn't know how to tell you how to give it to him. And he didn't, and sometimes he couldn't explain it. He would say to me, like, Donnie Cole, man, son, <laughs> play what you played last night on the, you remember the last set we played? I go, no. <laughs> you don't remember what you played on that? Nope. <laughs> well, it was one part you played. Well, I, I, I don't know what it was. You can't explain it better than that? Well, son, I don't know what I want you to play, but I know what I don't want you to play. That is the first B.B. King impression I have ever heard in my whole life. No, and I, it was perfect. I do, I do it's them all. perfect. I do them all. <laughs> he fired me five times. Really? And he hired me six. What did he fire you for? Because I'd be talking back to him. Oh. And <laughs> and I, see, B, my dad and B.B. were good friends. And, uh, Bobby well, Blue Bland. Yeah, your, your dad was uh, you know, King Coleman, the great yeah, singer. King Coleman, yeah. yeah. My dad created the Mashed Potatoes with James Brown. And yeah. They did that record, the Mashed Potatoes. Uh -huh. But B.B. made a promise to my dad once he found out that I was his friend's son. Once he found that out, he kept his foot on my neck all the time. Oh, no, really? Because I was one of the youngest guys in the, his band. Uh-huh. So he he was going to make it. He, he he told my dad, you know, I'll take care of him. I got him. I'll take care of him for you. Yes, sir. Don't worry about it. So he felt he should teach me how to be the way he wanted me to be. Yeah. Like any dad with his son. Right. But of course, when you're young and you know, there's always a thin line between being really overly confident and you know, <laughs> yeah, and being a little asshole. Correct, correct. And I was always on that line, so right, right. That <laughs> so makes... he was trying to pull me in, and I was kept rejecting it. <laughs> so if you don't like what I'm telling you, you can always go home. All right, see you. All right, bye bye, bye. <laughs> You know, How long would it take him to hire you back? Uh, the longest I'd say was two years. Really? Wow. Yeah, but it'd be less than eight months. But he took you back. Always, yeah. Yeah. And he's see, see, it was a thing. I would be with Bobby Bland. Uh -huh. Bobby Blue Bland was like a stepdad to me. BB was like a step uncle. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Bobby Blue, the difference between Bobby and, and BB, the way they handled me was Bobby would suggest things I should do. BB would tell me things I should do. <laughs> See, Blue would be like, Blue, Blue, Bobby Blue Bland was real cool. He was like, he spoke softly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you thought that was right what you did over there? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was right. You, you don't think you could have handled that a little different? <laughs> yeah, I could have. <laughs> well, uh, if it was me, I would have handled it a little different than that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt to try it a different way, don't you think? Sure. I could try this. Why, why don't you try it do it a little different next time? 
Okay, okay. <laughs> BB, I don't like what you did. Don't do that, son. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. And so my attitude would be like, man, shut the fuck up. I can do what I want to do. <laughs> um, I actually interviewed the two of them together one time. <laughs> And that was, that was, that was, that was, I was such a fan. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, you know, but it was great to, to, just to be in the same room with them, you know? Well, B.B. said about Bobby Blue Bland, thank God he don't play guitar. (laughs) If he played guitar, it'd be all over for me. (laughs) He's got the greatest voice I've ever heard. Greatest voice. Indeed. No one sings like him. Nope. He's got the voice. Yeah. Did you put that? Uh, Facebook post up with him and 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 and, uh, and Yo Gotti. Yes, I did. Did you? That's I, I I I watched that. That was just right before he passed. Yes, it was. And that his, was amazing. And his son Rod was playing drums. Yeah, my little brother yeah, Rod playing. Yeah, yeah. No, Bobby and BB were like. BB would be like. You know, I had to get rid of your boy. <laughs> what do you do this time? Well, you know he's hard-headed. He don't like to listen, so you be, you maybe you want to give him a call and get him back out here. So they would be like tag-team me back in for it. So they both would be like trying to school me. I love those men. They taught me so much. Yeah, yeah. They taught me so much. Like I said, I started out not liking BB. I didn't like him. Didn't? No, I didn't like him. Wow. Because uh, of because of. Of, of of why? No, because he lied to me one time, and oh. he and he and he and he. That, well, that's another story. Another story. It's okay. Yeah. But I didn't like the I didn't like the the because he was always everybody would always be afraid because he he had the a- attitude like the the white slave owner. Yeah. I'm the boss. Right. You do what I say. You yeah. know, it's like we had yeah. the. The band was like the the field niggers, uh-huh. and the guys that worked with him was his valets and stuff was like the house niggers. See, huh. he huh. adapted that from down south. That attitude. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. This is not my nigga. This is no right. rap. Right. This is what America was. Yeah. When you worked out in the field, you the field niggers. When you worked right. in the house, make up the bed and cook the food and wash the clothes and right. take care of the kids, yeah. you the house nigger. Yeah. So BB had that mentality about his band. Huh. You know, you you do what I say, but. Everybody know, well, that's the boss. I got to do what he's saying. My right. attitude was like, hey, I'm playing drums in the band. I'm the drummer. <laughs> yeah. You're the guitar player and the leader, but I'm the damn drummer. And I'm doing a good fucking job, man. I play good. I ain't drunk. I am exciting. I'm young. I can play. I'm confident. Good looking. I'm Well, I didn't go that far. But I, I knew I wasn't too bad. So... I felt like I'm just as equal to you, but you're the yeah. one paying me because you're the headliner and all of that. Uh-huh. But then I met Buddy Rich, and Buddy Rich told me, shut the fuck up. Oh. Do what he says. Huh. Whose name's on the bill? Not yours. <laughs> Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> Buddy Rich got in my face one time. About really? It. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Buddy Rich said, I met, I met Mr. Rich, uh-huh. and we were friends, and I would see him out on the road touring, you know, and I'd, Every time I see him, I go up to his bus and go backstage, talk to him, you know. And he, mm-hmm. how's it going? Buddy Rich is the white James Brown, <laughs> the way he talks. He talks through his teeth like James Brown. <laughs> how's it going? How's it going? Going good. So what have you been up to? How's BB? <laughs> oh, man, he's getting on my nerves. What do you mean he's getting on your nerves? 
Well, he tells me, slow down. Just pick it up. Be quiet. Play it loud. <laughs> Swing, son. Swing. Man, I get tired of it. What do you mean you get tired of it? <laughs> I just get tired of it, buddy. Let me ask you a question. Uh, <laughs> whose name's on the ticket? <laughs> what? <laughs> whose name's on the ticket? I said, well, BB's name's on the ticket. That's right. BB's name, not yours. <laughs> so when he tells you to do something, you do it and keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> If you don't like what he's telling you to do, get the hell off, out, go, leave. You don't run anything. You understand? When I was with Frank, Frank told me one time, he said, after the show, he said, buddy, my God, what were you playing up there? You're all over the place. You're killing me. I said, you don't like the way I play, Frank? Get somebody else. You knew who the fuck I was when you hired me. I'm buddy fucking rich. You don't like the way I play? Get somebody else. You know what he did? He said, I'm friends. I want to stay your friend. Why don't I help you get your own band? And that's what we did. And we've been friends. <laughs> Are you ready to get your own band? I said, no. Well, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> he was serious. He was yes. angry. He was pointing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah, on yeah, me. yeah. And then he said, you get it? I said, I got it. Good. <laughs> so how are things going? <laughs> that's how that worked. <laughs> so, you but know. Sorry. But, but Bobby Blue Bland wasn't like that. No, not at all. He was cool. Yeah. He was a sweet man. How he would he communicate what he wanted? Well, for me personally, well, yeah. for the whole band, he said, um, let me give you an example. He had Mel Brown guitar, uh -huh. and Mel Brown played B3 sometimes, and he had Wayne Bennett, of course, the great uh -huh. Wayne Bennett, yeah. and Mel Brown, amazing guitar players. Yeah. Uh, Melvin Jackson was the band leader, played trumpet, switched the sax, and he had Teeny, the drummer. Uh, well, anyway, his musicians, they were like all his friends. Uh -huh. he, they were like family, more like Willie Nelson yeah. was to his band. When you say Willie Nelson and family, it's all in one. Willie never put himself above his musicians. Uh -huh. He's a great guy like that. That's the way Bobby Blue Bland is. Uh -huh. And so Blue, when you go to rehearsal, he'd be like, uh, Mel, do that thing you do, Mel. You know, uh, that one little thing you do there. Uh, yeah, I like that, man. Ha! Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, Wayne, you know, uh, you know how, how you gave me that chord? You know, that, that splang, splang, blang, doo-dee-ya. Yeah, you know, do that, man. He would communicate. He was like yeah. part of the band. He yeah, yeah. Being with the band. Yeah. His band, yeah. his band was like, my guys, my uh -huh. gang. Uh -huh. we're, 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 we're a band of brothers, you know. Uh -huh. he, he, he laughed and talked and hung out with the band. Yeah. B.B. didn't. B.B. stayed to himself because, uh, I think, because B.B. grew up in a barn. He had to right. be raised by himself. Right. He was right. Uh, very insecure and, yeah. you know, very introverted that way. But Blue was really cool. And uh, one time when, uh, when I first got in Bobby's Blank, Bobby Blue Bland's band, and once again, he didn't know I was his friend's son, because my dad and Bobby Blue Bland were very tight. Uh -huh. He and B.B. were tight, uh -huh. because he was at the Apollo Theater. He introduced a lot of the bands to Harlem and Apollo. He was the MC. Uh -huh. So I was riding on the bus. I'd just been in the band maybe a month, uh -huh. and we were going down the highway on the bus, on Bobby's bus, and I'm sitting in the greenhorn seat right in the front, the driver's right there, and Bobby's seat was right behind the driver's seat. And the band is, you know, back there. You know, everybody's playing cards, drinking, sleeping, doing whatever. 
and he sits down and he's chilling. He's got a uh, uh, his beer in his hand, a Bud Light, and his cigarette. Uh-huh. And he smokes a cigarette, and he's got the little talcum powder pad thing that to wipe the sweat off his face. Uh-huh. Bobby's real cool. <laughs> Smoking his cigarette, drinking his beer. How you doing, young blood? I'm good. <laughs> hey, Mr. Bland. First of all, it's Bobby or Blue. <laughs> Which one you want? <laughs> Blue? All right, go ahead. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> when I was growing up, Man, I used to see your records around the house all the time. Those 45s said Duke, Bobby Blue Bland. Okay. <laughs> you know what I used to do with those records? <laughs> what you used to do with them, wiping his face. Cool. <laughs> what you used to do with them? I used to tape with my hands and throw them across Palmetto bushes for Frisbees, man. <laughs> and the whole band was like, what the fuck is wrong with him saying that to that man? And he looked at me. Took a drag off his cigarette. <sighs> Took a swig off his beer. Got him. Went back to the back. Melvin Jackson. Man, what's wrong with you? Say that shit to that man. Man, now you gonna be pissed off. You know, I talk about it on my record. I tell this story. Yeah. So then, about maybe three weeks later, same situation. He comes sit down. I'm listening to my cassette player, Walkman. I'm listening to Cameo. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Funk, boom, Cameo, you know. Yeah, yeah, cameo says, sure. sparkle in your eyes. <laughs> he tapped on his shoulder. What you listening to? <laughs> cameo. Cameo who? <laughs> cameo, who is that? Well, we were doing cool jazz festivals, and they were on one of the, some of the dates. Yeah. I said, they're on the jazz fest with us. Oh, yeah? Hmm. You working with them? <laughs> no. Who are you working with? I work with you, Bobby Blueland. Hey, don't you think you need to be listening to some Bobby Blueland? <laughs> Look here, uh, you know that story you told me about you used to take my records, <laughs> throw them across the Palmetto bushes in Florida where you grew up? I said, yeah. Took a minute, took that cigarette. <sighs> well, what you need to do is go find those records and listen to them because you're not playing none of my shit right. You understand? <laughs> now, the next time I ask you what you're listening to, it better be some Bobby Blue Bland. <laughs> so how does that inform you when you got some young guy with a, with, you know, with, with all full of himself and thinks, thinking he's 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 terrific, and 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 deals with you now. Well, I'm kind of you see you see that movie, that movie uh, about the drummers called Whiplash. No, I know, but I know about it, but I never saw it. Okay, it was a movie yeah. called Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. Get the actor's name, but he's always <clears throat> a commercial. Uh, but anyway, he would throw the symbols at the guy and yeah. slap it. I mean, I, I'm not that extreme, but I got a little bit of Buddy Rich in me. Like, I get real agitated where someone is trying to not listen to me uh-huh. explain. And I knew this was going to happen to me one day, yes. which it does. But I'll either yell at them if they won't shut up because I wouldn't shut up. And Bobby and everybody would say, 
can you listen for a minute? Do you mind? Just hush, <laughs> just keep your mouth shut. So I still have that problem today. But uh, <laughs> but normally I'd be like, hey, man, check this out. I know you want to do what you want to do, but I need you to do what I need you to do to make my song sound the way I want it to sound. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Just do that, and we're cool. And then after that, go play your own shit and just play the way you want to play. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I get pretty irritated with, with – with uh, it's like, I, like I was, and then I remember BB used to tell me when I when I had my own band, be as tolerant with, with people as I was with you. Oh, so I remember that. I bet you do. <laughs> but um, but anymore, I just I don't really have the time to teach anybody anymore uh uh-huh. either you are ready for prime time or you're not uh-huh. but even though i was young and uh, and uh ambitious and uh you know mm-hmm. i i did listen yeah i may have given them a little fight but but those guys knew i would and they they liked the challenge uh-huh. but they liked to see how they could make you turn around oh because all those old school guys that I grew up around, mm-hmm. they'll pull their pistol out and, and threaten to shoot you if, you if you keep messing up. Yeah. Pull their pistol out, stood it on. The, I tell you what, do it again. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know you're serious. You think, and, and, and they were, they, the guy wasn't going to do it, but the other guys act like he's going to do it. Right. And say, right. come on, man, don't do that to him, man. No, I'm going to shoot this motherfucker, <laughs> man. I tell you what, get on stage and fuck up the night. I'm just telling you, that's how it was. Yeah. And they, yeah. and the guys be, come on, John, put that pistol up, man. No, nah, man, he think he know everything, man. I'm going to pop a cap in his ass. I tell you what, <laughs> don't pay attention tonight. Mess up again. They be, they be like really pissed off about it. Yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah. Because they took pride in what they did. Yes. And they wanted their band to be like, the, when you see them, yeah. it, takes re- it takes rehearsing together to be tight mm-hmm. like those bands. Them dance steps. And, yes. And, and have energy on stage. Mm-hmm. See, black culture you can't just stand there and play. You no. can't just be standing there. Right. Dee, 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 dee. They gotta be. Hey, bam! Look out! Whoa! Bam! 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 It! Ow! Bang! You know you gotta yeah. have. A, <laughs> it's it's show business. Yes. Black people don't want your ass just standing there. If I didn't care, <laughs> he'd be like, <laughs> "Man, this is boring. Let's go somewhere where it's jumping. The band got to be dancing, yeah. playing good." Mm-hmm. Today's musicians, man, they don't want to hear that. Man, they don't want to be in no old school soul funk rocking band because you got to be sweating when you come off stage, right? And you got to be dressed, looking good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss those those days. I I'll miss bet. bands like that. Man. Yeah. So you got a big show coming up, a BB King tribute show. Yeah, I've been trying to do a BB King tribute before he even di- before he died. Huh. I've been, I have been approaching people. I approached Bob Centelli from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when BB was still alive to do something, and he said, "Sure, Tony, I'll, I'll talk to you about it." We. Excuse me. We'll we'll do it, but then they never do it. And 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 what I found out, I'm gonna stop saying people's names because because because. But Bob, no, I did that. So if you don't like yeah. it, sorry, buddy. You know I came to you to do a BB tribute show. <laughs> then they'll take what you say and go get some people to do it 
their way and it right. sucks. Yeah. And it, it has nothing to do with what you're trying to present to the man. You know, I wanted him to be like up because BB did one for, for uh, uh, what's his name in New Orleans, piano, Fats Domino. Right. He was up in the balcony. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And we were, and Little Richard and BB, and mm-hmm. we did different artists did some sh- some stuff to honor him, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to happen for BB. Uh, and Willie Nelson, I love Willie Nelson. I, I love Willie Nelson. Yeah, he's my family. He's like my blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a dear friend. He's my brother. He's the best entertainer in the business when it comes. To being real, and uh, most of those country guys are. Mm-hmm. Jamie Johnson is like a product of Willie. Mm-hmm. Vince Gill, he's another one. Mm-hmm. I got a friend named Tom Worth in Nashville. These guys are—they're the real deal. Yeah, they're—they're—they're they're, they're not arrogant about who they are. They're just talented, just good guys. Mm-hmm. But Willie and I have been friends and. Uh, Willie and I was talking about doing it before BB died, and and mm-hmm. Willie, when BB, when we were opening BB King Blues Club in Las Vegas, we were gonna open it, and I saw Willie, and we were talking about it. He said, "When is it gonna be the grand mm-hmm. opening?" I said, "Uh, it's on such and such a date." He said, "Let me see." He asked his tour manager, "Where am I on this date?" The guy said, "Well." The day before you're in LA and then you got a travel date mm-hmm. off day and then the next night you're supposed to be in Mexico he said okay he said I'll be there till put me down I'll be there mm-hmm. he didn't check with his manager he yeah. said that mm-hmm. I just told him what was happening he said I'll be there mm-hmm. so I said well they'll fly you in you know mm-hmm they'll fly you in and uh he said no nah, i'll be there hmm. so he got he got a guitar player from asleep at the wheel uh, his friend god dang it why am i forgetting his name he, he, he'll kick my ass for that <laughs> willie got on his tour bus came to vegas yeah. parked that bus out there at the hotel we got mm-hmm. a big suite up there waiting for him that man yeah. stayed on his bus <laughs> Came out there, sung BB's favorite song, which was always on my mind. Uh huh. Got on his bus, said, I love you, BB. Got on his bus and went on to Mexico. Didn't want anything. You know, I was talking to Betty Levette about this last week about about the the um, the uh, closeness of black music and country music. Yeah, it's the same thing. You I know? mean, the same parallel. Uh, I used to I used to hang with with Otis Blackwell. Yeah, the writer who wrote for Elvis Presley. Yeah, and Jerry Lee Lewis, and, yeah, all and, all and he said, he's he's a little black man from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, who who are your greatest influence? He said Larry Darnell, who was a, a a little known but fairly influential singer from New Orleans, right. and Tex Ritter. Right. But, and, I mean, that, I mean that was thirty thirty five years ago. Yeah, but, that, that, but that's 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 nothing unusual. I mean, white man's blues is country. Black man's blues is black man's blues. Right. It's more right. a little more soulful. I mean, but it's still the same parallel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One is one is blackish and one is countryish, redneckish. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, George Jones and BB recorded together, you know. Uh Randy Travis, I love those country guys because uh -huh. they're down, they're down, they're the solid earth kind of people, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh blues people are like that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of others, you know, well, I'm a big star. Talk to my manager. You know, I'm too busy for that right now. I'm I'm too important. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to kiss their ass and all yeah. of that. They want to be treated like something like they levitate across the floor. You know. Now, I know. I I I, I was re I was reading an interview that uh, was in Oregon Music News done by by our friend Krista, in which you you said that um um I just lost my train of thought completely. Yeah, that's, I, do it. It, I do it all the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me get back. Uh, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You actually wanted to be in a band like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Yeah? Of course. Is it too late? No. <laughs> well, I, I mean, when wouldn't I was, you like? Wouldn't you still like to play that stuff? Of course. Yeah. Man, I'm still strong. I'm still strong. I can still play my ass off. Well, I don't mean that you can't. No, no, no. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, I, I, you know, I'm capable of sure of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, and uh, right now in 2020, I'm getting ready to have a makeover. I'm mm -hmm. getting ready to put the blues behind me. After I do this BB King tribute, I'm getting ready to put the blues behind me. Yeah. I'm not going to be doing blues, blues. I've been very conservative with my music. I've been doing blues with uh -huh. a little soul, uh -huh. a little funk. But I've been really conservative and just being, you know, kind of like BB and those guys, and because that's what they wanted me to do. Like BB said, "I'm dead and gone, Cole man. I want you to never let them forget about me. Yeah. I'm gonna always honor the blues, but I'm sick of the blues. I'm tired of the blues attitude. I'm tired of uh, white people taking the blues over and making it white blues, rock blues, and it's not the blues I heard with Albert King and BB King. Right. And it, it, it doesn't have the kind of soul that I'm accustomed to." Mm -hmm. I don't like the white, watered-down blues. Yeah. I like them as people, mm -hmm. but the music doesn't touch my soul. Yeah. Jamie yeah. Johnson can sing more blues than he ever even realized he can sing, mm -hmm. and he's a country, for real country. So you're going to bust out with something? I am. My next record is going to be totally, it's going to be about younger. I'm going to mix it up with some younger people mm -hmm. like B.B. did with us. He hired us because we were younger, Yeah. and he wanted some young blood. And I'm 64, and I want to get me some younger cats and mix some rap, hip-hop, mm -hmm. uh, metallic-ish, funk, high-energy, parting, drumming, where I can drum the hell out of my drums. Yeah. I'm tired of being conservative and, and uh, you know, hell, the rappers, you know, I, I was getting really pissed off because I thought, man, these little young black rappers really pissing me off walking around with their pants hanging off their ass. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I never liked it. Right. It's not but, a good look. But it's just, that ain't really, I ain't feeling that. No. But I like the fact that they're free enough to say what they, they feel. Yeah. Like what, I've always been that way. But, you know, in today's world, you don't have to be mean, but you don't have to take shit. Right. Oh, it's I mean, a big difference. If you, if you approach me with some bullshit, right. I'm going to give it back to you, man. Correct. Correct. Get out of my fucking face with that. I'm a yeah. nice guy, man. I yeah. respect everybody, but I don't appreciate you taking advantage of me or, or disrespecting me. Mm -hmm. But I don't expect to be a godly acting person when I'm not or being something I'm not. I got to be Tony Coleman, man. Yes. I'm free. 
I, I don't ever want to die be feeling like, man, you never did get the real me. Yeah. I always yeah. held it back. Huh. You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's somebody got to kick off and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm going to be like that person, the Joker on the Batman movie when <laughs> Jack Nicholson said, what this town needs is an enema. <laughs> and I'm just the one to give it to them. <laughs> what we need is an enema and some new shit. I'm tired of these blues musicians, black blues musicians, riding around in vans uh -huh. across country, playing in little bars, uh -huh. while some have not become all the way blues, and they get money advances to be able to buy a tour bus. Yeah. I mean, to lease a tour bus and trucks and and play with a lot of money. Yeah. Very few. I can count the black musicians that do blues-based music uh -huh. who are financially successful and able to have that. Not many. Uh -huh. But all of the white ones that start out, they uh -huh. they get it immediately. I was with BB King when Johnny Lang was a little boy and started out uh -huh. on our stage. Yeah. I was with Kenny Wayne Shepherd who I love. He's a good cat mm -hmm. when he had to ride around in the van and all that on our stage mm -hmm. i was with bonamassa when he was a little boy on stage with us mm -hmm. and and so on and so on and tetesky and trucks i was there when they were kids when they were a novelty mm -hmm. because they were young white kids playing blues that right. was a novelty yeah yeah but then they got grown and started doing their own thing blues bass right it's not Albert King. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Whoa! It ain't that. No. It's and every now and again do a blues song, you know. But I'm talking about. I don't want any parts of that anymore. 2020, I'm done with the blues. That's I why announce I, it to you and right. the rest of the world. Right. That, that's why it's so refreshing to see a see a kid like Kingfish. Yeah, but Kingfish. I'm trying to get him on the concert, and the people are saying to me, who is Kingfish? You see what I'm saying? Well, that's their fault. So I'm frustrated with that, man. Yeah. I was out there with Jamie Johnson. I was playing drums with Jamie Johnson. Willie Nelson introduced me to Jamie Johnson. I've always loved country music. I grew up uh -huh. in Kissimmee, Florida. Right. I mean, I, I ride yeah. horses. I even deal with crest, equestrian. Really? Yes, sir. Hmm. So I, I love America. I love American stuff. Mm -hmm. All American stuff. But I don't like the American bullshit, you know, whereas, you know, you got a handful of people running something and telling you how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. so you can line and fill their pockets. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to be the one dying and y'all got to do a benefit to get a headstone for Tony Coleman. Screw all that, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. But uh, I would like the blues to stay blues. Mm -hmm. Is that a bad thing? That's not a bad thing. But, you know, when I talk like this, people get angry. And those of you that hear me talk and get angry, fuck you, because you are the reason. <laughs> it's like this. Yeah, yeah. The ones that don't want to hear me saying what I'm saying, like right now, mm -hmm. say, wow, Tony's over the top. He sounds like, yes, I am, because it's bullshit, and I don't want to participate in it anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. even get, I'm blues royalty, man. Yep. I play with every great blues musician in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Can I get a record deal? Nope. I'm a drummer. That's all. Right. You know, it's, it's, Hey, man, like I said, I like country, reggae, funk, rap, hip-hop. I want to mix everything I like and have fun and go out doing it and be happy. 
or I won't do it. I'll stay home and play with my trains and. Uh, you have trains? Yeah, I like trains. Really? Yeah, you know. What kind of set, what kind of setup do you have? HO scale. I got train yeah. track go all around my downstairs. Really? I love trains. That's great. You know, <laughs> I go play golf. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just just play when I feel like it. I'll set up on the damn street corner before I have to tolerate this bullshit anymore, uh-huh. man. I'm, uh-huh. I'm serious. It's ridiculous, you know. And and um, I love j- working with Jamie and those guys because it was fun, man. Uh-huh. I mean, the blackest thing on the, out there was me, <laughs> and I got along with all of them. Yeah. Except one time. One time I was with Jamie and uh, – and uh, um, what, we what? got time to talk? Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I talk a lot, so. One time I was It's with a Jack. podcast. Okay. There is no beginning and there is no end. Okay, so <laughs> this is why I love Jamie Johnson so much, because mm-hmm. he's fucking real, man. Mm-hmm. Vince Gill, man, that guy is for real. Mm-hmm. He told me, a st- Vince Gill told me a story. I, I asked him about touring with the Eagles, I said. How you like touring with the Eagles? He said, it's cool, man. It's cool. He said, I said, so do they ever let you like bust out and just Vince Gill up something, you know, like just <laughs> impromptu? He said, no, no. <laughs> he, said, uh-uh. he said, I tried that one time yeah. and, and I was told, Vince, that's not on the record. He said, uh-huh. I know, but it should be. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. I asked, I asked uh, Les McCann one time. Uh-huh. I said, don't you ever get tired of playing uh, compared to what? He said, "You know what?" He said, "If they want me to play it three times in the in in the, in the set, I'll play it three no, times in the set." No, that's a good song. Well, I know it's a great song, yeah. but you know. I well, BB, I asked him that about Thriller's Gone. Yeah, and, and he said, "No, son, I don't get tired. You like to eat. People want to hear it." <laughs> but what I but what I but what I like about Jamie Johnson, Jamie Johnson enlightened me on this is America. Be who the fuck you are, man. Because mm-hmm. he hired me. Knowing damn well I wasn't no country drummer. Right. So I met Jamie on Willie Nelson's bus. The first time he came on Willie's bus, I walked off the bus because I felt like uh, Willie's got a friend. I need to get, give him some space. Next time I saw him, same situation. He come on the bus. Willie introduced us. Willie said, you know Tony Coleman? He said, no, I saw him on the bus, and uh, is he your bodyguard? He said, no, he ain't my bodyguard. He don't want to guard my body. <laughs> he introduced us. He said, that's B.B. King's drummer. He was B.B. King. He said, how you doing, Mr. Coleman? I said, yeah. call me Tony Coleman, like B.B. He said, okay. <laughs> and I was getting ready to leave, and I said, Willie, I see you. You know, gave him the bro hug. And Jamie, nice meeting you, man. If you ever need a drummer, call me. I just threw that at him. Jamie said, well, give me your number. Mm-hmm. I gave my number. That was on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Monday, I get a call and a text from Jamie. Hey, Mr. Cole, man, Jamie Johnson, I met you with Willie. You said if I ever need a drummer, well, I need one. Could you give me a call? Hey, Jamie. Hey, Tony Cole, man. Yeah, wh- wh- what's up? Well, I need a drummer. Are you interested? You available? I said, when is it? Well, we leave tomorrow night. <laughs> tomorrow night? I said, well, uh, yeah, I can do it, man. Yeah. He said, I said, but Jamie, uh, I don't mean no disrespect, but I don't know you. I don't know your music. And uh, when are we going to rehearse? He said, well, 
I ain't worried about that. You you play with BB King and you know Willie Nelson, you're gonna be all right. <laughs> I did it, screwing up big time, man. And then uh-huh. I finally learned the man's music. But Jamie is like BB and those guys. He's he's he fills the room. He don't know what he's gonna play until he feels it. Huh. He ain't got no set list. I love that. But Jamie was pulling rabbits out of the hat that I didn't recognize, man, <laughs> calling some old Merle Haggard classics that I never heard before. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, he might pull out some old country classic, and I'd be, like, yeah. up there, face all scrunched up. A couple of times, Jamie said, Tony Cole, man, shit this one out. And I'm sitting on stage, I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, man, this is bad. <laughs> so then one day I told Jamie, I said, hey, Jamie, uh, I love you, man. It's, you're my brother from another mother for, for life, but I think you need to get a country drummer because <laughs> when you want to do classics, you don't have to worry about it, and mm-hmm. it's not fair to you, me, or the audience that I'm up yeah, there, yeah. you know, fucking up. He looked at me, he said, well, I guess you're right. Well, we're going to have to find you a blues gig in Nashville. I said, man, I don't want another <laughs> blues gig. I got that covered. <laughs> then a day later, he... I, he he texted me. He said, "Yeah, man, I want to talk to you." He said, "I know you play. You know, I like Jamie as a trumpet player too. He plays trumpet. Really? And uh, he said, I like percussion. I was in a drum and bugle corps. Would you mm-hmm. like to play percussion? All he said, I like uh-huh. you be on band. You know, I like your yeah, yeah. vibe. Yeah. I said, okay. Huh. So we rented percussion for like two months from SIR. He was renting. I said, Jamie, I guess you want me to stay in the band. He said. Girl, what's the problem? I said, well, you, we're renting this stuff. Don't you think we might should get some? And I, he said, just get it. I'll, yeah, get, get buy some stuff. <laughs> so I represent Gumbops. I called them. They gave me stuff for, you know, my endorsement price. Hell, I was out there for two and a half years with Jamie Johnson. Wow. Meeting all the rednecks <laughs> and all you politically correct people. That's what rednecks call themselves. It doesn't mean racist stuff. Not for all of them. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I met people. I become friends with people. I had a great time being out there. Because uh-huh. uh, it's supposed to be fun, man. We're yeah. we supposed to be having fun. Yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to be all serious and shit. Uh-huh. Acting like, you know, we're important, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're serious about the music, but we're supposed to be we're supposed to be giving life to people, making people happy. Mm-hmm. That's what we play music for, not because we're important. Mm-hmm. I ain't important. I just need to be respected, and yeah. I'll respect you. There you go. If you don't treat me like shit, I won't treat you like shit. <laughs> and if you challenge me with some shit, I'll bring some shit to you. Don't start no shit, won't be no shit. That's right. right. But I'm just saying, I'm a good guy, man. Yeah. I love everybody yeah. that, that respects each other. But oh, anyway, I know I wanted to ask you, what was it like being out there with Johnny Taylor? Oh, man, Johnny Taylor was fun. Now, Johnny, did, you all, did you all have to be really, really clean? Oh, all those guys, you have to be clean. All those guys were sure. so clean. Black means you got to be sharp, man. You yeah, gotta, you but gotta, Johnny Taylor was something Johnny special. Johnny Taylor was a, a handsome, good-looking cat. Absolutely. He sung his ass off. Ladies loved him. Oh, God, yeah. And, and uh, one thing about being in Johnny Taylor's band we going to have some fun. Oh. <laughs> Ladies love Johnny Taylor, man. But Johnny was he was he could get wild, boy. It was two Johnny Taylors. It was the Johnny Taylor that was a real smiley gentleman, then it was the pimp Johnny. Oh no. Johnny Taylor was a big pimping baby. Is that right? Yes, sir. Oh boy. Johnny Johnny loved the ladies. I mean, you know, come on, you know. 
and uh, the band, we I love playing his music. I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Taylor, all you fellas, gather around me. I still remember the show, man. I remember everybody's show that I worked with. I enjoyed playing Johnny's music because he was, he was just so clean and yeah, yeah. He was he was smooth. He was soulful. Cat, I can't man. tell you how many times I I, I was I, I had somebody come over and played. I believe in you. That's a good song, man. That is a good I wanna song. I want to recover that song. Yeah. Uh huh. I feel sorry. Sorry, man. Oh man, Johnny had some hits, boy. He did. He the did. only person Johnny Taylor would let headline over him was Bobby Blue Bland. Is that Nobody right? Else. Wow. You would not headline over JT. <laughs> Only person he would he would open for is Bobby Bland. <laughs> well, listen, I, we could go on all day. Uh, we you know, sure could. We, we That's sure, why I need to sure write a could. damn book. Sure could. You do need to write a book. Absolutely. Man, I've had a great history, man. And, yeah. But, but I'm living for the future, man. It's time to make changes. It's time for us to stand up and, and, and be strong about this racial thing and that's being coming back. I see it in this ugly head. It's time for us to not tolerate that shit. Well, you got speak that up. right. Got that right. People need to speak up and stop yes, acting indeed. stupid. You know, racism is a bad thing, and stop pretending that it's okay. You know, there's nothing okay about it. No, I don't like it. Right. And I'm gonna tell you one thing that I must say this before we go. I was getting ready to tell you about Jamie. We were down in Florida, where I'm from, in mm -hmm. Daytona Beach, Florida, and Quinn Davis from the cool, from the Heritage. Jazz Fest in New yeah. Orleans had a country festival called huh. down in Florida on the Daytona 500 runway. Mm -hmm. It's called Country 500. They were doing that. Had a big, massive stage over there for the pop rock country guys, you know, mm -hmm. Kid Rock and uh, Florida Georgia Line and all of that with the pyro and all of that. Right. Then they had a stage for the regular country, real country, Jamie, yeah. Dwight Yoakam, Willie, Vince Gill, yeah. that. Yeah. So Jamie was playing on that side. Uh-huh. Uh, we went down there, and um, we were playing, and I was playing percussion, and Jamie was singing, and Jamie was an ex-Marine, and Jamie don't like that racist Confederacy bullshit. He yeah. don't like it. Yeah. The stars and bars, he don't right. play that, man. Yeah. Jamie's about America. Yeah. There's only one flag, Old Glory. Uh -huh. All this the South Rise Again shit, man. I ain't, no, we all together here. Right. But anyway... So this guy pulls out a a, a big-ass giant Confederate flag, oh. and the fucker looked like he was pointing at me and waving it. Oh, he, he was right, right in front of me down right. front. Right. And I was looking at it, and I got off the drum rise. I was like, man, fuck that. I ain't looking at this shit. So I was over on the side, and the guys and James, some of the guys in the band saw me, and they were like, oh, shit, TC ain't too happy. I'm like, right. fuck, no, I ain't happy. I ain't going to play with that shit. I'll take the day off if that's the way it's going to be or mm -hmm. go home. So then I looked over to my right and I saw this guy with an American flag waving it. And I asked the security guy, I said, hey, man, hey, ask that guy with that American flag if, if I could use it to wave on stage. He said, okay. He went and got the guy. You want me to come up there? I said, no, I just want your flag. <laughs> Jamie was saying he ain't paying attention to that shit because if he would have saw it, he would have said something. Right. So, hey. <clears throat> he didn't have to see it. 
<clears throat> I didn't care if he see it. Mm -hmm. So you got 70,000 rednecks out there. <laughs> Dude got the big ass giant Confederate flag. I, I get the American flag. I brought it on stage and I go right behind Jamie's left shoulder. He don't know I'm behind him. And I raised the American flag up and I pointed at the guy. I gave him a finger I'm like, fuck you. And I was like, <laughs> fuck that flag. This is I pointed American flag. Fuck that flag. And, and Jamie's band was looking at me like, oh, shit, this nigga going to get us killed. I know that's what they were thinking. You know, there's goddamn, I know Jamie going to get rid of his black ass. I didn't give a shit. It could have been my last day, but I had something to say about yeah, that. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. give a fuck. Shoot right. me. I don't care. Try and kick my ass. I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't have to do that. That is not cool. So. All of a sudden, everybody, 70,000 motherfuckers, USA, USA. <laughs> so Jamie Pia opened his eyes up and saw what was happening and heard the people, and they down there wrestling with the guy taking the Confederate flag from him. <laughs> and, and he's looking at me like, damn, TC, you started some shit, huh? He didn't, I, I didn't give a fuck what Jamie thought. Jamie just looked at me and reached for the American flag and raised it up. <laughs> and the people were like USA. Then he handed it back to me, and I went back to the percussion. That's funny. Then at the end of the night, uh, Jamie got on his plane, was flying back to Nashville, and, and they said, "There's Jamie headed back home." And, I, and my phone went bing. I got a message it was from Jamie. Uh -huh. Thanks, DC, well, what, for for doing what you did. Thank you for <laughs> your time and service. It was the right thing to do in the right time to do it. You see, and that's and we never spoke about it again. Yeah. And and. I said, God damn, I love this dude, man. Because he ain't afraid to do what's right. Yeah. And he ain't going to yeah. make excuses for people to do fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. Everybody, well, you got the right to be racist. No, you got the right to go sit your ass down and stop that. Because <laughs> that's nothing good about being racist and hate. Uh-huh. Ain't nothing good. Even though you got the right to do it, America needs also has a sign say we have the right to refuse service to your ass if mm -hmm. you're gonna be about that mm -hmm. you know this hitler shit fuck hitler and racism and all these and i don't want to hear black people talking shit either I, I fuck all of that let's just people humanity come together man let's come together we, we we're human beings i've been to 98 countries around the world i can't talk that shit but people hear our music and they're like cool man yeah so it's time to Wake up and stop it. Let's let's move on with good shit. We're America. All right. And with that, let me say thank you so much for coming in. It's well, always great to see you. Well, this he he he's gonna talk to you, son. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the first BB King impression I've ever heard in my life. Thank you for that too. <laughs> All right. <laughs>